Good morning, friends. Good morning. It is so good to see all of you. My name is Pastor Jen Kiefer. I'm assistant to the Bishop for Congregational and Synod Life in the Southeast Michigan Synod. And I'm so grateful to be with you today. Um, I grew up coming to this side of town um, when I was a kid. My uncle and aunt just live over on Romeo Plank. So when we were driving up, I'm like, oh, we're so close to their house. And I texted them and invited them to 11 o'clock service today. (laughs) And I bring you greetings from Bishop Don Chris and the rest of his staff at the Southeast Michigan Synod, Pastor Sean Eubank, who is our Director of Evangelical Mission, Pastor Ms. Robin McCants, who is our assistant to the Bishop for Advocacy and Urban Ministry, and Ms. Beth Fisher, who is our assistant to the Bishop for Administration. And as the Synod staff, we give you thanks for your continued partnership in the ministries that we do together as the Southeast Michigan Synod. It is indeed work that in which partnership with each other and with the Holy Spirit is so important so that we can spread the good news of God's love to as many people as we can through our words and, more importantly, through the way that we live. So thank you. And thank you for having me and my daughter, Eleanor. She's sitting right up there. Um, Pastor Dave, um, as many of you know, is currently on the second half of his sabbatical for rest and renewal um, for his spirit of ministry, so he'll be back in a few weeks. Um, and Pastor Kelsey has one of those non-COVID-y bugs that has come up and been so much fun, um, especially with having little ones in school. Um, and for announcements, um, there you have your little insert Uh, for this morning, and um, Pastor Kelsey asked me to especially share with you that tomorrow at 7 o'clock there will be a Martin Luther King Jr. Day worship service that celebrates the work of Dr. King and encourages us to continue the journey toward creating a world of justice. So we invite you um, to join for that. And now I invite you to stand as you are able, greet those around you with a good morning, a peace be with you in any way that you feel comfortable doing so. Well, we ask that you would please remain standing. Let us pray. O God, you spoke your word and revealed your good news in Jesus the Christ. Fill all creation with that word again, so that by proclaiming your joyful promises to all nations and singing of your glorious hope to all peoples, we may become one living body, your incarnate presence on the earth. Amen. You may be seated. Our first reading is from 1 Corinthians um, chapter 1, and um, I told Pastor Kelsey 1 through 9, but I'm going to push a couple extra verses just so um, you have context um, for my sermon. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth. To those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, 
together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in agreement, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same purpose. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there are quarrels among you, my brothers and sisters. And our gospel reading is from the Gospel of John. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. I'm sorry, I found the wrong passage, didn't I? Oh, I, yep, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes one who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, Jesus again was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. Two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? He said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. And they came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise be to God.
Before I launch into sermon proper, um, I want to take a second. I've been um, using a moment of privilege here um, to share something that has been very, a song that's been very special to me since I was about three years old. I learned this at Christ the King Lutheran Preschool in Gross Point Woods, and it's a song that I've been sharing with congregations I've been visiting since I began working in the Synod office in June. And it's called, You Can't Put Jesus' Love in a Box. And my goal with this is to teach as many congregations this song as I can so that when we get to Synod Assembly, I can test who remembers. So hopefully this will get Pastor Kelsey and and Pastor Dave some help finding voting members for Synod Assembly in May in Port Huron where you get to watch the freighters on the river. It's pretty cool. So this song has four verses, and like any good children's song, it's got hand motions. Um, So the first verse is, you can't put Jesus' love in a box. You can't put Jesus' love in a bag. You can't put Jesus' love on a shelf, but you can put Jesus' love in your heart. And I'm going to begin singing, and if you feel comfortable joining me, it's a really simple song. Um, I welcome you to do so, or if you just want to sit um, and watch all the fun, um, you're welcome to do that as well. No, you can't put Jesus' love in a box, love in a box, love in a box. No, you can't put Jesus' love in a box, cause his love will come a-bubbling out. No, you can't put Jesus' love in a bag, love in a bag. Love in a bag, no, you can't put Jesus' love in a bag, cause his love will come a-bubbling out. No, you can't put Jesus' love on a shelf, love on a shelf, love on a shelf. No, you can't put Jesus' love on a shelf, cause his love will come a-bubbling out. But you can put Jesus' love in your heart, love in your heart, love in your heart. Yes, you can put Jesus' love in your heart, and his love will come a-bubbling out. Thanks very much. And no fighting for, to be a voting delegate. You've got to, let's be nice about this now. Although I do hope to see uh, some of you there. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our parents, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who calls us into beloved community. Amen. In the June of 1963, 60 years ago, just months before the March on Washington, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was in Detroit for the March for Freedom. And before a crowd of 25,000, Dr. King delivered a speech in Cobo Hall, which two months later would be heard again in a more developed form in Washington, D.C., in front of the Lincoln Memorial, in one of the most iconic speeches in American history, the I Have a Dream speech. The work of Dr. King in the Civil Rights Movement would result in church leaders and historians alike naming him a modern-day prophet, called to speak to the maladies of society with a word of truth and a word of hope, sharing a vision of how we move forward 
as what he called the beloved community. While Dr. King did not coin the phrase beloved community, he embraced this concept and worked to develop its principles. Inspired by the philosophy of nonviolence embraced by Mohandas Gandhi, who himself, Gandhi, drew some of his inspiration from the nonviolent teachings of Jesus Christ. According to the King Center, which is a, an organization dedicated to carrying on Dr. King's legacy, and I quote, the core value of the quest of, for Dr. King's beloved community was agape love. Dr. King distinguished between three kinds of love, eros, which is a romantic love, philia, which is affection between friends, and agape which he described as understanding, redeeming goodwill for all. An overflowing love, which is purely spontaneous, unmotivated, groundless, and creative. The love of God operating in the human heart. He said that agape does not begin by discriminating between worthy and unworthy people. It begins by loving others for their sakes and makes no distinction between a friend and enemy, for it is directed toward both. Agape is love seeking to preserve community. Unquote. In a 1963 sermon in his book published, The Strength to Love, Dr. King addressed this role of unconditional love in struggling with a beloved community. He said, With every ounce of our energy, we must continue to rid this nation of the incubus of segregation. But we shall not in the process relinquish our privilege and our obligation to love. While abhorring segregation, we must love the segregationist. This is the only way to create beloved community. Sixty years after the March for Freedom in Detroit, the March on Washington, D.C., it feels from where I stand as a pastor and a parent That while in many ways we have come a very long way in the work of creating beloved community in our midst, we still have a very long way to go in fulfilling Dr. King's vision of the community. This past Monday, I was present at my local school school district school board meeting as person after person stood and delivered angry words to the school board. Words filled with false accusations and mistruths that pertain to the school district's policies around welcoming members of the LGBTQIA community and honoring their dignity as human beings. Similar things have been happening in school board meetings throughout our state and our country, and if it's not about their policies, it's about books that feature LGBTQIA community or communities of color And it's to the point that in some school districts, including the one that neighbors our own in Milan, school board members have been receiving threats of violence against them and their children. And it's leading to division in communities among folks who used to be kind to one another, but now view each other with contempt having labeled each other and dehumanized 
one another. Which is not how we build community, but how we break it down. In his first letter to the Corinthians, Paul begins by giving thanks to God for the work that has been done in the community of Christians in Corinth. For they had indeed been enriched by the grace of God, just as the testimony of Christ had. And that their work for the sake of the gospel had been strengthened within their community. Paul's prayer for them at the beginning of this letter is that they would together be strengthened for the work God was calling them to do in their community, working work which God had called them to, equip them for, and strengthen them to do as members of the fellowship of God's Son, Jesus Christ, united in their identity around the cross of Christ and carrying that agape love of Christ within them. Continuing on to that verse 10 and 11, which I read for you this morning, we learn that Paul's reason for writing this letter is to address the Christian community in Corinth in the midst of division and quarreling. You see, the church in Corinth was a church near and dear to Paul's heart. Paul himself had founded it. And he had centered it around this agape love. But after leaving, he had been receiving reports that members of the church had become divided. They were taking sides. Some claiming Paul, others Apollos or Peter, still others Christ, and they could not come to an agreement in this matter. And so it was becoming a bit of a problem as far as their ministry was concerned. And Paul writes to them with a specific purpose of reminding them of the unity that they have in Christ. That they proclaim Christ crucified and risen and claiming to follow anyone else is foolishness. These words of Paul of thanksgiving, of prayer, are words that we need in our time and our place as we as a nation and as local communities try to figure out how to move forward together, building in this beloved community, when sometimes that just doesn't seem possible. When we seem so divided and angry words, dehumanizing words, get thrown at each other. So we need these words, this ambition of Dr. King, the words of Paul, just as much as the first hearers did. For both men call us to do the work of building up the beloved community around the cross of Christ. We are called to, in our own ways, join with the prophets and poets, the teachers and healers in using our gifts Gifts that God has equipped us with and strengthened us to use in order that we may do the work not just of proclaiming the gospel, but living it. So that all people would one day see justice roll down like the waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. That all people would witness the agape love of God through us that we can call out 
hate and division while separating that from the children of Christ, the beloved of God who utter those words. We can call out those who utter words of hate and division while still loving who they are as children of God. Because we are members of the fellowship of Christ, we are called to acknowledge that Jesus doesn't mince words when he speaks about what he expects us to do. Jesus himself was a prophet, a prophet who spoke truth to power, who brought a hope-filled vision in how we move forward together in the kingdom of God in this beloved community. Jesus reminds us that whatever we do or fail to do to the least of these, we do to him. He came to remind us that our God is a God of justice and who died and was raised from the dead to free us from those things that bind us and get in our way of doing the work of Christ so that we can do that work. We can, in the words of the prophet Micah, do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. We can seek When those things are removed from us, the justice that our God desires, a justice spoken of by Dr. King, where adults welcome children of all colors and sexual orientations and gender identities and family types and economic statuses and religious expressions, and they can all come together in one place to engage in play and learning in community together. A justice where no child goes to school hungry, where every child has warm clothes in the winter and where they all know that they are safe and valued. To be sure, this is not easy work, for it is work that threatens the status quo in which the powerful seek to divide us in hopes of providing a distraction from the ways that they exploit the vulnerable. Jesus died because he made the powerful uncomfortable, because he called them out. Dr. King was assassinated because some felt threatened by the idea that people of color have the same value and dignity as white folks. But the good news for us today is that the work of building the beloved community goes on. And while difficult and costly work, it is worth doing each and every day, even when we make mistakes Even when we don't get it right, we can still keep moving forward and doing the work and trying our best because we have been freed through Christ's death and resurrection from the bonds of sin and death so that we could, in the words of Martin Luther, sin boldly and more boldly proclaim Christ for the sake of the gospel. And as we observe the birthday of Dr. King today, his national holiday tomorrow, we do so with Paul's encouragement in our ears. Christ's invitation to come and see. For God's grace has been given us in Christ, has enriched us and been faithful to us, strengthening us for the work that we are called to do as members of the body of Christ to build up the beloved community. Amen.
I invite you to stand as you are able for the prayers. Called together to follow Jesus, we now pray for the church, the world, and all in need. At the end of each prayer, I will say, God of grace, and I invite you to respond with, hear our prayer. Let us pray. Put a new song in the mouth of your church. Inspire the baptized to tell of your faithfulness, sharing the good news of your salvation throughout the earth. God of grace, hear our prayer. The waters of baptism call us into life in the Spirit. Preserve the world's waters, protect them from pollution. Support plants and animals who depend on them and bring rain in places of drought. God of grace, hear our prayer. In Jesus, you are the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Show your mercy to all nations. Direct leaders to do your will. Fill governing bodies with righteousness. Equip judges with discernment and compassion. God of grace, hear our prayer. You incline your ear to all who cry to you. Draw near to individuals and communities suffering violence, injustice, illness, or poverty. Hide them in the shadow of your hand and make us signs of your faithfulness to all in need especially those we name now either silently or out loud. God of grace, hear our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and all those too deep for words. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, as we now pray the prayer he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We now take a moment, beloved, to reflect on our week and confess those times we've failed to live as God would have us live. I invite you to join me in confession, reading the words on the screen. God of life, we confess that we are wrapped up in sin and cannot free ourselves. We nurture conflict and build walls. 
we neglect the needs of our neighbors and ignore the groaning of creation. Have mercy on us. Where we are self-centered, open our hearts. Where we are reluctant, give us courage. Where we are cynical, restore our trust. Renew us with your grace and give us the hope of new life in you. Amen. And now hear this, dear children of God. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called member of the Church of Christ and by God's authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I invite you to be seated and at this time take out your communion kits as we prepare ourselves to receive the gifts of Jesus Christ. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Beloved, this is the body of Christ given for you. Again, after supper, Jesus took the cup. He gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you always in God's grace. And let God's people say, Amen. Beloved, I want to thank you for, again, for having me, for the ways that you share your time in being here and the time that you um, share with spreading the love of God throughout the world through your time and your talents and the resources you share here at King of Kings. Um, There is a place for you to leave your offering as you go out from the worship space. And finally, receive the blessing. May God bless you and keep you. God grant you grace and truth. The Spirit send peace on your hearts now and forever. And all God's people say, Amen. Go in peace and share the good news. Thanks be to God.